Part 1 of Guides to the Zoological Gardens, Bellevue, Manchester. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Official Guide to the Zoological Gardens, Bellevue, Manchester. Open every day from 10am. Programme of Attractions, Season 1891. Price one penny. Messrs. Danson's Grand Daylight Panoramic View of the Field of Inkerman, showing the precipitous cliffs, deep ravines, and rugged country in the vicinity of Sebastopol. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday during the season will be represented the ever memorable Battle of Inkerman, fought on the 5th November 1854 between the Allied armies of England and France against the Russians. The thrilling spectacle will be followed by a naval review, showing an attack by torpedo boats upon a squadron of ironclads. Band of the Gardens, daily during the summer, every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday during the winter months. Guide to the Zoological Gardens, Bellevue, Manchester, 1891 for cab and omnibus fares, see pages 31 and 32. The gardens are situate between the Hyde and Stockport Turnpike roads, and have three main entrances, one at each extremity, and one about the centre of the grounds. The Hyde Road entrance, which is the most central, is on the north side of the gardens, on the Hyde Road, and is approached from Manchester, either by that road, or by the Ashton Road. The distance from the Manchester Infirmary is about two and a half miles, and the Manchester Carriage Company's omnibuses and tramcars run to and from this entrance every few minutes. The Ashbury Station on the Manchester Sheffield and Lincolnshire Railway is near this entrance, also the new Bellevue Station. The Longsight or Western Entrance is near the Longsight Station, on the London and North Western Railway. Omnibuses and tramcars also run from Market Street every three minutes during the day to this entrance, or near to it. The entrance is also about two and a half miles from the infirmary. It is used chiefly by visitors from the southern parts of the city and by those arriving from stations on the London and North Western Railway. The Gorton or Eastern Entrance and Hotel opened in the year 1876, is on the Hyde Road, and is near the Bellevue Station on the Midland Railway. This is the most convenient for passengers arriving by the Midland Railway, and for parties in conveyances from Ashton-under-Lyne, Hyde and the surrounding districts. Commodious stables have been erected in connection with the hotel at this entrance, and here, as at the general entrance, where accommodation is provided for several hundred horses, no charge is made for stabling. The admission to the gardens for the coachman or servants accompanying each carriage is, however, the same as for other visitors. Entering the gardens at the general entrance, and turning to the left, visitors will find the new aviary and lion and tiger house. The cages are numbered, and contain specimens as follows. 1, 2, 3 and 4. The Brazilian caracara, one of the smaller hawk-like birds of prey, 
inhabiting Central and South America. 5. Peregrine Falcon, Scotland. In olden times, this variety was much used for hawking herons and pigeons. 6. Neophron, or Egyptian vulture, sometimes known as the scavenger vulture, inhabits Africa and portions of India. Its food is carrion of every description, but occasionally small animals and birds. 7, 8 and 9. Great Eagle Owls, inhabiting North Asia and portions of Europe the largest of the owl species, will often attack young deer, but feeds mostly on hares, rats, game birds, etc. Pairs have frequently bred in aviaries and zoological gardens. 10. Parakeet macaws, South America. 11. The ring-necked parakeet, P. docilis, India. A familiar bird, easily tamed, and can talk sometimes with considerable fluency. 12. Blue Mountain Parakeet, a beautiful bird from Australia. 13. Red Vented Parrot, South America. 14. Greater Rose Ringed Parakeet, West Africa. 15, 16 and 17. Rose Crested and Ducorps Cockatoos from the Moluccas. Very affectionate and familiar varieties of cockatoo and may be taught to speak with considerable fluency. 18. Barn Owl, common in most parts of the United Kingdom. 19. Brown or Wood Owls, British birds, common in wooded districts. 20. Laughing Jackass or Giant Kingfisher of Australia, in which country they associate in small parties, and at sunrise and sunset make the bush echo with their extraordinary laughing call. The nest is built in a hollow tree, and the food is mainly reptiles, the smaller lizards, snakes, frogs, etc. 21. Raven 22, 23 and 24. Magpies and jays, common British birds. 25, 26, 27. Ravens. The raven is found almost all over the world, and as far north as 81 degrees. In our country it is rather scarce, and is a shy bird, building in the high rocks, near the sea, or in a lofty fir. Their food is very miscellaneous. 28, 29 and 30. Young jackals, bred in the menagerie, a dog-like creature, found in Asia Minor, Persia and India. They associate and hunt together in packs after the manner of wolves. 31 and 32. Bitten, Africa. 33. Short-tailed opossum, Australia. 34. Black phalanger, or opossum, Bellideus, Australia. 35 and 36. Grey ichneumons, inhabits portions of southern India. It is a great enemy to all kinds of reptiles, but likes also birds and their eggs. 37 and 38. Red tiger cat, from West Africa. 39 and 40. Skunk, an animal much sought after for its beautiful fur, is a native of North America. It is very ferocious and when irritated emits a most unpleasant odour. 41. Polish marmot, found in Poland, Galicia, South Russia and Siberia. They live in colonies and burrow under the ground. Food, 
mainly fallen fruit, roots, grain, etc., which they store for winter use. 42. American marmots, sometimes called prairie dogs, natives of North America, where they associate in large colonies in the prairies, burrowing in long passages under the ground. They live entirely on buffalo grass, roots, etc. 43 and 44. Grey opossum, Australia. 1. And the commonest of, a numerous variety of animals peculiar to Australia, arboreal in their habits and live exclusively upon vegetable food. They are nocturnal animals. 45, 46 and 47. Rattel, sometimes called the honey badger, is a native of India and Africa, a great lover of honey, which it is very successful in finding out. He is also a good climber and is one of a limited number of animals which are lighter on the upper parts than the lower portion of the body. 48. Raccoon, from North America, a sagacious animal about which many extraordinary stories are told. He is a good tree climber and is much hunted for his fur. 49. Badger, England. 50 and 51. Ocelots, natives of Central America. They are carnivorous and the most beautiful of a great number of spotted cat-like animals good tree climbers and very difficult to tame. 52. Badger, England. 53 and 54. Porcupine, Africa. A well-known animal, nocturnal in habit and lives upon roots and other vegetable food. In the centre of this compartment, the visitors will see a numerous collection of macaws and cockatoos on separate stands, amongst which may be pointed out the great blue and yellow macaw, the red and blue macaw, the hyacinthine macaw, Maximilian's military macaw, and various others, all natives of South America. Note also the greater sulphur-crested cockatoo, white cockatoo with a large crest, roseate cockatoo with rosy breast and small white crest, natives of Australia. Entering now the central portion of this menagerie, we have in 55 an aviary containing several sulphur-crested and roseate cockatoos, and occupying one side of this compartment is a large general aviary. 56. Containing a miscellaneous collection of smaller birds, the most noticeable being the weaver birds or hang-nests, having a head, neck and part of back black, orange chest and yellow belly, the tail and wing feathers being orange and black. They are very industrious, but noisy birds, and it is always interesting to watch them building their nests, which are entered from underneath. Java sparrows or rice birds with black head, white cheeks, pink bill and grey body, inhabitants of Java and most of the East India Islands, where they associate in great flocks. Then there are many kinds of the smaller finches, such as waxbills, saffron finches, diamond and black-headed finches, and mannequins. Here too may be seen that most elegant of the parakeets, the warbling grass parakeet of South Australia, sometimes called the budgerigar, which is imported into this country in great numbers. Also the red-headed lovebird and the crested ground parakeet, sometimes called the cockatiel, a slate-coloured bird with yellowish cheeks and crest, and an orange spot on each side of head, and a long tail. 
The visitor may also see here several kinds of very small turtle and other doves, and very frequently one or two kinds of plovers and other wading birds. 57. A smaller aviary, in which are several slender-billed and lemon-crested cockatoos. 58. Grey-bellied conure, South America. 59. Green lorry, Southern Asia. 60. Bowers parakeet, Australia. 61 and 62. Parakeet macaw, South America. From the aviary, the visitor now enters the lion and tiger house. The first cage on the left contains a fine pair of tigers from Bengal. Adjoining them is a tigress recently purchased. The next compartment is divided into two cages, one of which is occupied by a fine black-maned South African lion and lioness, and the adjoining cage by a fine pair of young lions, forest-bred, caught in the Somali country, West Africa, and added to the collection since last season. Several lions and cubs will also be found in the next compartment. Leaving this house and passing the Indian grotto work, visitors will arrive at the ferneries, hothouses and conservatories. These are not always open to the public, but admission may be obtained before two o'clock in the afternoon any day and on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Fridays, up to six o'clock, without extra charge, by applying to the gardener, who is generally at hand. Turning here to the extreme left, and ascending a slight incline, visitors will find themselves on the banks of the Great Lake, which has recently been considerably enlarged, and now covers an area of upwards of eight acres. Numerous pleasure boats and miniature steamers ply upon this lake, the pleasure boats are let out at the rate of threepence or fourpence per half hour for each passenger, and one penny or twopence each is charged for a tour round the lake on the steamers. Near the lake on the left are the steam horse and velocipede rings, a confectionery, ladies' refreshment room and lavatory. Visitors entering or leaving the gardens by the eastern entrance pass along the banks of this lake. Descending the bank, past the refreshment rooms, and turning to the left, visitors will be before the Camellia and Orange House, and Conservatory, and in the Italian Garden, which presents, during summer, a continuous display of choice flowers and plants. Passing through to the extreme corner from that at which the visitor entered, the three bear pits are reached. Ascending the steps, the visitor looks into the large circular den containing a pair of white or polar bears, inhabitants of the regions of perpetual snow and ice. Opposite to this is the brown bear pit, containing two fine specimens of the brown bear, one from Russia and the other from the Rocky Mountains, America. Adjoining is the black bear pit, which contains two specimens from the Himalayan mountains, India. Having inspected these, the visitor proceeds behind the great picture, through a small shrubbery to the left, passing under the ornamental bridge, until a small refreshment room is reached. A little further on is the Hampton Court maze. One penny each is charged for admission. Opposite the entrance to this maze is the Waterfowl Lake, which usually contains good specimens of the black Australian swan, 
Egyptian Goose, Mandarin, Carolina, Golden-Eyed, Wild Shoveler, and other kinds of ducks, with teal and widgeon, black-backed, common, and black-headed gulls and cormorants. Passing along either side of this lake, and turning to the left, the monkey house is reached, a large, well-lighted and ventilated building, in Moorish style, designed by Mr. B. Firth. In the central large cage are usually collected a miscellaneous group of monkeys, chiefly African and Indian, the oldest inhabitant of which is a female mandrill, which has now lived in the gardens eighteen years. In the same cage may be seen a large yellowish-brown monkey, with a black dog-like face. This is the Anubis baboon, a native of South and West Africa, a great plunderer in his own country, and so powerful and strong when full-grown, that a wide berth is given to him by both men and animals. Another dog-faced monkey will be noticed with a black face, and of a pale reddish-brown. This is the common dog-faced baboon. There are usually several young specimens in the cage. A familiar monkey may perhaps be noticed, with a black head of hair, a flesh-coloured face, and a light brown body, and with a knowing but somewhat sad expression. This is the bonneted macaque. Another curious and interesting face is that of the sooty manga bay, from West Africa. He is of a light slaty colour, black forearms and eyebrows, and white whiskers and flesh-coloured face, dappled with black. There are numerous other examples of this grotesque and motley group of creatures. The village pump and draw well, by means of which the monkeys pump and draw water for themselves, the elevator whence they supply themselves with corn, and the large wheel, rocking horse, and other gymnastic appliances upon which the monkeys play, afford considerable amusement to children. In the large cages along one side of the monkey house will be found a 63. Porcupine India. 64. Mandrill baboons. 65. Kima baboons. Chakma baboons, South Africa. 66. Rhesus monkeys, India. 67. Lemurs, natives of Madagascar, very agile and interesting, feeding mostly upon fruit, but will also eat birds' eggs and young birds. 68. Capuchin monkeys, sometimes called ringtails, from various parts of South America, active and knowing creatures, readily tamed. Some kinds, from a plaintive cry they make, are called weeper capuchins. 69. Sooty monkey, West Africa. 70 and 71. Young sloth bears from India, great climbers and specially fond of honey and fruit, but will eat almost any kind of food. 72. Brush-tailed porcupine, Africa, and lemurs. Leaving the monkey house, visitors will arrive at the new maze, which is of entirely original design, and was planted in the spring of 1870. In the centre, a large piece of ornamental rockwork has been erected, from the summit of which a complete view of the plan of the maze may be obtained. One penny each is charged for admission. On the right of the maze will be seen a range of new cages, containing choice specimens of prized pigeons, kindly lent for exhibition by members of the Manchester Columbarian Society. 
turning to the left and walking alongside the maze, the visitor reaches several large open-air cages. 73. Male and female Wapiti deer of North America, the largest of the red deer family. Their fine branching horns are much sought after as trophies. The horns are shed or thrown off every year, generally in the month of April. New ones growing in about four months, they are at first covered with soft velvety skin. 74. Cape Buffalo, natives of South Africa, where they herd in considerable numbers. 75. North American Bison, once very common in the vast prairies of North America, where great herds, numbering many thousands, roamed, hunted only by the Red Indian, but of late years such has been the advance of civilization, the animal has almost become extinct. The visitor now enters the paddock range of cages, and in 75 is an aviary containing a miscellaneous collection of foreign and British birds, several kinds of which have been seen in the aviaries in the Lion House. 76. Pelicans from southern Europe and North Africa live entirely upon fish, which they carry to their young in the pouch under the lower beak. 77. Molucca deer, bred in the gardens. 78. Black alpaca from Bolivia. The wool of these animals is used largely for manufacturing purposes. In this cage is also a juanaco from Peru. 79. Hog or porcine deer from India. 80. Leucorix, a fine example of one of the larger species of antelopes from North Africa. 81. Indian antelope or black buck of India, one of the swiftest of antelopes. The females are light brown and have no horns. 82. Dwarf cattle from the Himalaya mountains and from the highlands of Afghanistan. 83. Axis deer, male and female inhabits various parts of India and somewhat resembles in colour our British fallow deer. 84. Llamas from Bolivia, Peru and Patagonia used to carry light burdens. 85. Zebra, South Africa. In the early days of the Dutch settlements immense herds of these animals roamed the plains of South Africa. They are now becoming very scarce and difficult to obtain. 86 and 87. Malacca or Javan deer, female with young, bred in the gardens. 88 and 89. New, a peculiar animal, native of South Africa, with strong curved pointed horns and a broad nose. They herd together in considerable numbers and are difficult animals to tame. 90 and 91. Pondicherry vultures, India. 92. Condor female. The male has a large erect comb over the beak and head. They are peculiar to the highest peaks of the Andes in South America. 93. Pheasants, China. 94. Crowned crane, South Africa. 95. Demoiselle or Nubian cranes, common in many parts of Africa. 96. Australian crane commonly called Native Companion, one of the largest of cranes. 97 and 98. Curaçaos, one of a large and varied group of birds living in the forests of Central America and Guinea. 
99. Golden pheasants, natives of China, richly coloured birds, frequently kept and bred in aviaries. 100. Silver pheasants, male and female, from China, but frequently bred in England. 101. Common pheasants, England. 102. Flamingos from the shores of the Mediterranean, Egypt and the Levant. Several kinds are known, varying from white to a deep scarlet. 103. Koipu rats from South America. They are aquatic animals and live on the borders of rivers and lakes. Making burrows in the banks and taking to the water readily, they live entirely upon vegetable food. 104. Jabiru stalks from Upper India. A very rare variety. Leaving these cages and turning to the left, several open-air cages will be seen containing goats, deer, etc., beginning with 105, 106 and 107, goats, 107a, llamas, Peru. Proceeding onwards with the grazing paddock on the left and lawn for croquet on the right, the visitor reaches an eastern-like kiosk, designed by Thomas Danson Esquire, London, which is divided into compartments containing emus and marmots. These animals hibernate, sleeping during the winter, generally from November until the end of March. Visitors will now be near the long site entrance to the gardens, where refreshments of all kinds may be obtained. The commodious summer houses in the vicinity form pleasant retreats for picnic parties in the summer season. From this point, visitors may proceed either directly up the avenue towards the large hall, or may cross the carriageway, and passing over the croquet lawn, inspect the kitchen, salad and nursery garden connected with the establishments. In this division also are situated the greenhouses and frames, in which the bedding out plants are protected during the winter, and where peaches, grapes, melons, cucumbers, etc. are grown during the summer months. Passing the greenhouses and crossing over the drive and avenue towards the smaller ponds, which usually contains good examples of the mandarin, summer, shoveler, pintail and other ducks, and pairs of black and white swans, visitors will arrive at the new penguin house. Here may be seen a group of those extraordinary birds, the black-footed penguin, natives of the rocky coasts of South Africa. Their erect walk, paddle-like wings and grotesque appearance provoke much merriment. In the tank, where they are fed at short intervals, they are very active and dive and swim with surprising quickness. Under the tank are several compartments. 108. Penguins from South Africa. 109. Heron, West Africa. 110. Whistling Penguin. New variety, young, from the Auckland Islands, New Zealand. 110A and 111. Heron, South America. Leaving this house, but keeping to the left, will be found several cages containing birds of prey. 112. Urn or white-tailed sea eagle, Scotland. 113. Wedge-tailed eagle, Australia. 114. Griffin vulture, Central Europe. 115. Milvago, Falkland Islands. 116. Peregrine falcons, caught in the Isle of Man 
and presented by Mr. Trustrum of Port Erin. Turning now to the right, the visitor enters the new sea lion house. Here in a large tank, 64 foot by 20 foot and 3 foot deep, are shown a pair of Californian sea lions. These animals inhabit the northern Pacific and are numerous on the coast near San Francisco. The animals go through a variety of evolutions in the tank, diving from a height, leaping over poles, through hoops, swinging on the crossbars, etc. The speed at which these animals rush through the water is most remarkable. The male sea lions utter a loud barking noise. Facing the tank are several small cages. 117, 118, reserve tank for sea lions. 119, temporarily occupied by storks. 120, beaver, Canada. Leaving this house and turning to the right, the camel house is reached. The cages are numbered. 121, zebu cow, Egypt. 122, zebu, or sacred cattle of East India. They vary much in size, from the white or grey examples, to a diminutive dark red kind. They have bred several times in the gardens. 123, yak, a native of the rocky parts of Tibet in Asia. 124, young camel born in the gardens. 125, Sambodir, India. 126, Nilgai, male, India. 127, Nilgai, female, India. 128, Per David's deer, northern China. 129 and 130, Bactrian or double humped camel from Asia Minor and Central Asia. 131, Zebu Bull, India. 132, Dromedary, Egypt. Leaving the camel house, the visitor is now opposite the elephant house, erected during the winter 1875. The right-hand cages are numbered. 133, Doves. 134, Kangaroos. 135, Rook, British. 136, Parakeets, Various, India and Africa. 137, Turaco, West Africa. 138, Tufted Deer, Africa. 139, Piping Crows, Australia. 140, Several Pairs of the Crested Ground Parakeet or Cockatiel. 141, Kangaroos. 142, Grey Cotimondi from South America. These are quarrelsome animals, good climbers, and feed upon almost any kind of food. 143 and 144. Red Cotimondi from South America. 145. Ring-tailed or cat-like lemur. A curious night-roaming creature from south and west Madagascar, living in small troops and feeding mainly on fruits. 146 and 147, Red Cotimundi, South America. 148, Rat Kangaroo, Australia. 149, Lima, Madagascar. 150, Tapir, 
from South America, lives near to water, and is a good swimmer, food entirely vegetable. 151. Two Indian elephants, females. They parade in the gardens, carrying visitors at a small charge. 152. A young African elephant, purchased in 1883. Notice his large flapping ears. 153. Hippopotamus. Inhabiting the rivers of Central and South Africa, and although so awkward and clumsy, swims with perfect ease. He is a night-roaming animal, feeds upon aquatic plants, etc., and is much hunted for the tough hide and great teeth. 154. Rhinoceros, from the marshes and rivers of India. He is a ferocious animal and dangerous to hunt, having a thick and almost impenetrable hide. His food is entirely vegetable. Some kinds of these animals have two large horns growing over the nose. Leaving this house, a new range of cages will be seen on the left. These cages are occupied by various species of kangaroos, etc., and are numbered as follows. 155 and 156. Bennett's wallabies and young, bred in the gardens. These animals are natives of Tasmania and breed freely in this country. 157. Yellow-footed rock kangaroo from South Australia and Darbian wallaby. 158. Boomer kangaroos and young, New South Wales, one of the larger varieties of kangaroos. 159. Great kangaroo, Macropus giganteus, and small brush-tailed kangaroo, Australia. 160. Black-faced kangaroo, South Australia. 161 and 162. Bennett's kangaroos and young. Leaving this house and ascending the bank, visitors will have upon their left the outdoor platform for dancing upon and for other amusements, and from this point a complete view may be obtained of Messrs. Danson's grand open-air picture. The boats on the lake surrounding the painting are rowed by experienced men employed in the gardens. One penny each is charged for a tour round the lake. A miniature steamer has also been placed upon this lake. Adjoining the outdoor platform is an entrance to the great ballroom, available for shelter and in which concerts and balls are held. From this room is entered the refreshment room. The prices are fixed as detailed on page 30 and strict attention is paid that all articles sold are of the best quality. From the refreshment rooms are entered the two large tea rooms, recently decorated in Chinese style. One shilling each is charged for admission. Tea with bread and butter, etc., is supplied to all within the room. A charge of sixpence each is made for a plate of ham or beef to tea, which, with any other extras ordered, must be paid for at the table. Visitors who have provided themselves with their own refreshments may obtain hot water, teapots, cups, knives and other requisites in the large new room at the lower end of the music hall, the entrance to which is in front of the picture near the lower end of the boarded or outdoor platform. Tuppence each is charged for this accommodation. These rooms have been considerably enlarged. The ladies' and gentlemen's rooms are in the lower portion of the music hall and the parcel office is also here. Coats, umbrellas, baskets or parcels left during the day 
should be asked for at least a quarter of an hour before the fireworks, to prevent the great crowding consequent on their being required immediately after. Leaving the music hall by the opposite door from which we entered, we are in front of the printing office where the placards and handbills are printed, announcing the extra attractions of the gardens, etc. Beneath the printing room are dens for animals containing specimens as follows. 169. Small white arctic foxes and a common fox. 170 and 171. Wolves, inhabiting various parts of Europe and Russia in Asia. In Russia and many parts of Central Europe, they are still very destructive. 172. Striped hyenas, inhabiting southern Asia, Arabia and northern Africa. 173. Striped hyena. 174. Spotted or laughing hyena from South Africa, roams in the night in small parties, and when excited, utter a startling laughing yell from which it derives its second name. Passing the entrance to the printing office, and entering the house containing leopards, etc., we have 175 and 176 jackals and young bred in the gardens, Asia and Africa. 177. Jackal and Native Dog, Sudan. 178 and 179. Puma or Cougar, a native of South and Central America. 180 and 181. A fine pair of Black Panthers from Asia. 182. Indian Leopard. 183 and 184. African Leopards, darker in hue than the Indian variety. Leopards are expert climbers and live mainly upon the smaller antelopes, monkeys, etc. 185. Indian Leopards. Leaving the Leopard House, the visitor will be at the entrance to the Museum of Natural History. Admission one penny. Here in a large gallery are a miscellaneous collection of birds, animals, reptiles, etc., almost of all which have lived in the gardens. At the end of the room is a skeleton of the celebrated performing elephant Maharaja, late of Woonwells, which at the dispersal of that renowned collection in the year 1872 was purchased by Messrs. Jennison and lived ten years in the gardens. Here too may be seen two or three cases of live pythons or boar constrictors. One of these added to the collection during the past winter is nearly twenty feet in length and weighs over two hundred weight. This python feeds in its natural state upon small deer, hogs, etc. Serpents from India, Africa and America, lizards and water tortoises, crocodiles, alligators, etc. And also a case containing live marmosets, lively and interesting little animals from tropical South America. Conveyance to and from the gardens. Visitors returning in private carriages may order their servants to be in waiting on the carriage road behind the music hall or near the general entrance. The exit for visitors returning by omnibus or on foot and to the Ashburys, Ardwick or Manchester railway stations is near the entrance, a wide gateway and passages being there available. 
and as ten thousand persons can be passed from the gardens in ten minutes, visitors will escape all the crowding on their return if they will wait a very short time. Visitors may also return by the Longsight entrance or the New Gorton entrance. Trams, cars and omnibuses. The Manchester Carriage Company, in conjunction with the corporation, have completed two separate lines of tramways, by each of which the gardens may be reached. The most direct is the Hyde Road route. The cars leave the exchange by this route every seven minutes throughout the year, and more frequently on busy occasions. The other route is via Longsight, where the cars and omnibuses run every three minutes during the greater portion of the day. Passengers alight by this route at the end of Kirkmansume Lane, about a quarter of a mile from the Longsight entrance to the gardens. The fare by either of the routes, by car or bus, is fixed at threepence inside and twopence outside. Special accommodation has been provided for the loading of passengers after the fireworks by the cars and omnibuses of the company, which will be drawn up in two lines on Messrs. Jennison's private siding immediately to the left hand on leaving the Hyde Road gates. In addition to the cars on the Hyde Road, many buses will also be waiting, and the public are respectfully informed that only by the buses and trams of the Manchester Carriage Company can the above fares be guaranteed. Cabs are also waiting at each entrance to convey passengers to Manchester. The cab fares are ninepence per mile for one or two persons, three or more persons, one shilling per mile. A list of cab fares will be found at the end of the guide. Railway From the London Road Station by the London and North Western Railway to Longsight Station, 250 yards from the lower entrance, and by the Manchester, Sheffield and Lincolnshire to Ashbury Station, 800 yards from the house entrance, or by the new MS&L and Midland Company's route to Bellevue Station, near the eastern entrance to the gardens. The fares are, to Longsight and to the new Bellevue Station, third class twopence, second class threepence, first class fourpence, to Ashbury Station, third class a penny halfpenny, second class threepence, first class fourpence. The foregoing will, for the most part, serve as guide to all parts of the grounds open to the public. The establishment, in addition, however, contains a large confectionery, bakery, brewery, gasworks, electric light department, printing office, firework factory, and other places of interest, to view which special permission must be obtained. End of part one.